0: for a little bit of history, yep. Hello? Somebody just rang the doorbell. Okay. Hold on, pause this. Okay. <laughs> um, you got like a close up. Um, I'm at church and the phone's ringing, so that's fun. It rings Hello? twice. <laughs> Hello? <and laughs> it rings twice and then goes to somebody else's phone right now, so that's oh, nice. Nice.
1: Problem solved. You nailed it. I'm doing a, first to, <laughs> doing a first today. I'm drinking a glass of wine while we're recording uh-huh. this podcast. Very nice. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Red Flags and Red Cards, episode seven. Thank you for making it this far. Coming to you live from New Jersey today, and I believe Josh is back at home in Raleigh, North Carolina. Yep. Awesome. We, uh... Just This episode is called Raining and Raining, and because of rain, and because of a new reigning champion in the English Premier League. We'll get to that later. Um, Josh, how are things?
0: Things are going quite well. Um, speaking of rain, it has started to rain here quite heavily, so that just makes it even more appropriate. Oh, well, perfect. Um, raining, raining, and raining.
1: <laughs> Funny how it rained all day. Name that song.
0: <laughs> oh, man, that's a, that's a Mayday parade, right?
1: Nope. Close.
0: No, that's not. I got it in my head. Uh, It's all time low.
1: Yes. Can you name the song?
0: Can I name the song? Um, Is it? Oh, I don't know. Thursday?
1: Remembering Sunday.
0: Remembering Sunday. Oh, that's right. I have listened to
1: them so much in the past two or three months. Like I've listened (laughs) to almost the whole catalog. Yeah. I don't know why. I just have my my, my newfound love for them again. It's good stuff. I don't know. Probably that because I album. see... It's so good, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I also see the drummer probably two times a month.
0: Nashville's amazing. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I see him all the time.
1: He drives a. This is so creepy, but he drives the Model X Black Tesla, which is like my dream car right now. Like nice. I, I saw him get in it. I was like, for real? That's what you drive? Man. All time low is doing well for you. But anyway, uh, lots to talk about. We've got NASCAR, soccer baseball we actually are going to talk a little nfl today Mm -hmm. and i'm excited for my rant later so let's jump into pocono at nascar with nascar boys it uh, once again it rained which uh it just keeps happening
0: (laughs) it's incredible people keep making the joke and it's true they're like you know if you're ever your area is going through a drought just schedule a nascar race and it will rain exactly that's kind of where we're at i think it's it's around – it's between like 9 and 11 of the races have been affected by rain. Yeah. It's it, like an insane number.
1: At this point, it's comical, and uh, it um, – well, if, if Pocono – Pocono always rains. Like Right. That was – A, that was already expected, and B, just to be on top – just to be raining another week. It Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, but, it's uh, just
0: – par for the course i mean you know if you're scheduling a race in the poconos it doesn't matter like we were talking about it like texting about it a little bit um like you know what would be a time of the year to hold it i don't know, i just don't think there is this time of the year where it doesn't i have in the I, I have
1: no idea um uh where i am right now uh, at lulu's parents house lulu is my wife for those who do not know which i'm sure you do because we have like three people that listen to this um, <laughs> they live about an hour from the racetrack and i was looking on the radar i was like oh it's about to hit there and as soon as it hit there it got dark here i was like oh Hmm. it's the same rain system how lovely right (laughs) it was a kind of exciting weekend we had five races there arca trucks xfinity and two cup races uh of course the xfinity and truck race were a little more exciting than the cup races naturally
0: yeah the thing that kind of is great about Pocono is restarts. Restarts yes. are wild and crazy. It was uh like there was, and it, it was, it's interesting because, especially this year with the way there was the gear ratio set up where there wasn't any shifting. Um, so it was really momentum based. So there's one restart where like William Byron, so because I'm, as a William Byron fan, I tend to track him a lot. Um, and like the start of the second race, he started at the tail end of the field. So it was like 34th by the time. Um, he actually, you know, everybody else pulls behind and there's some of the slower cars that just prefer to start at the back regardless of, um, where they qualify. And he went from like 34th to 20th in the first lap, just because of how he was in the outside lane. He was able to keep it wound up. He was able to take advantage of, um, guys getting loose or having to let off the gas or whatever and flew through the field. Um, but then Saturday there was a restart where he restarted seventh or ninth, something like that, but he was on the inside line. And going into one, he had to lift, and that just killed him for the rest of the lap. He was just getting passed on the outside. By the end of the lap, he was in 21st. Well, I, he was in 19th, but that was because two cars in front of him wrecked. But had it not been for that, he would have dropped 12 or 13 positions in one lap just because of not keeping that momentum going. Um, so the restarts are wild, but once everybody gets strung out, it's kinda...
1: It's strung it, out. It is what it yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that track is difficult. I mean, you have three different corners that are completely different. So it is challenging in that, right? I mean, it's even challenging on NASCAR Heat 4. I would just like to point that out <laughs> on my Xbox. It's I do not look forward to going to that track. Turn 3 <laughs> is actually a lot harder than it seems because it's very flat,
0: mm-hmm. wide,
1: and long. Yep. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was cool that Harvick did get his first win at Pocono, which is hard to believe. I couldn't – I was trying to find the stats – Of how many second place finishes he has there it's a lot um i can't yeah he's raced there 30 before this week and 38 times i think something 34 times somewhere in there and he's got a lot of second place finishes i'm sorry if you hear a weird rumble right now it's the garage door opening (laughs) uh it is uh the, the wife and her mother are going to get sushi so nice. Looking forward to I'll, that when we're done here. It's cool. He got his first win, and then Denny Hamlin, once again, got a got a win. He is it's, incredible.
0: He's got forty one career wins, and how many of them are
1: between Pocono and Martinsville? Honestly, like fourteen of them. Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> actually, I could look that up here.
0: Uh, it's probably <laughs> I know because this was win number six at Pocono, which is impressive. Um, and I'd want to say that the number of Martinsville wins he has is probably around five or six at least, maybe more.
1: I want to say it's even, um, it might be like 17 or something. But you can keep talking. I'll find it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but because there was a season in college, Nick and I probably went to seven out of the eight Martinsville races. Um, I believe only one of those was not won by Denny Hamlin or Jimmy Johnson. Yes. It was just like they just dominated. It was one of them was going to go ahead and win the race. And you kind of, you know, you're almost just kind of there for the well (laughs) yeah let's see how who can get second place because one of them was almost guaranteed to get a a win there um and Pocono kind of feels the same way although I guess it's it's Denny's kind of spread out his domination of the track um with two of his wins coming in his rookie year and Pocono it's such a an arrow track that once you get out front I mean the Saturday race was in terms of lap sled was dominated by Eric Almirola yes um, which was Fun to see him up front and him running so well, but once he kind of got, he got, he had to take tires on a pit stop and, um, Harvick and Hamlin both, I think either took only right side tires or they just took gas only, um, and both got ahead of him and just. Almirola didn't get close to him the rest of the day. I think he came out of the pits like six seconds behind Harvick. And by the end of the race, he was like 18 seconds behind still in third place. But yeah, yeah. Um, two
1: straightaways behind,
0: right? <laughs> it, it was, I mean, good. Even the, uh, the end of the race Sunday, um, I didn't get to watch most of the race Sunday or early any of the race. I watched the highlights. Um, I got home with about 90 laps to go. I heard Hamlin was in the lead and Harvick was in second. And my pastor texted me and was like, you want to come over and Cause their neighbor, um, has a nice pool and was letting them use it. I was like, yeah, Hamlin's going to win this race. I'm going to go swimming, smart,
1: <laughs> smart decision, very smart decision.
0: Um, so that wasn't too, too surprising to see he won. Um, but like he won on Sunday and then they had time to like go back and show the crazy finish with, um, Byron Bowman and, um, Boyer and, uh, Oh man, Drew Boyer, Boyer was battle. going
1: after, um, Bowman
0: mm-hmm. like they're yeah.
1: door banging. I was like, yes. That's great. Why couldn't we do this earlier in the race? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like for seventh
0: place, too. Yeah. Um, So that's our eighth place, something like that. Um, So it's that kind of was crazy just how much time you had because between Hamlin being so far ahead and then... uh, But that's really the thing. I think that's what made the truck race and Xfinity race so much more entertaining was the lack of experience led to more accidents, which led to more restarts, which led to more fun.
1: Which also was I feel was due to shorter races again I keep harping on this but I'm glad they shortened these two races for Pocono for the cup series it was a what a 325 and a 350
0: I think so yeah I
1: still think I'm I'm thankful they shortened it because they recognized that was too long but now that we've done it I think no more than 100 laps for a cup race that's 250 miles per race it's 500 miles total is it a two-and-a-half-mile track? It, yeah. Oh, yeah. So 100 laps, call it good, because I believe the Xfinity was 90, and mm-hmm. the truck race was 80? 75 or 80, 75
0: something or 80. like that, yeah. And
1: like you said, they just produced great racing. I mean, Matt Crafton wrecked in the first lap. There was both Xfinity and truck race, there was a wreck on the first lap in Turn 2.
0: Which shout out to Brandon Jones for winning the truck race and then wrecking in turn two on the first lap. (laughs) I
1: saw that. I was watching on my phone. I was like, no way did he just wreck right there. There There's so many wrecks in that corner. I don't know if guys were just, you know, just very aggressive and going after positions. And just, I guess, I think your tires just spin out. I think you just lose Mm that, the rear so quickly in turn two because it's a sharp turn. Um, I don't know really what was going on there i know there's one race that i think there's oil in the track but from most of the part most of the time those wrecks were just user right. error yeah
0: i would definitely recommend in the future for whoever does the races fox sports or nbc to just have a wide shot camera angle there because there's like three wrecks there in turn two and they couldn't find footage for yeah they couldn't I find like, they
1: couldn't find footage for kyle bush i was like out of all people to wreck you couldn't find footage for kyle bush right yeah
0: i'm like you should have I would, I would think that you should have had, you know, some type of wide angle shot of turn to just yeah. kind of handling that, but I don't know. I'm not a professional cameraman, so I can't really speak to that, but that's just, that's something that irritates me from time to time is how close up the shots are on cars. Yeah. That sometimes I'm like, if you guys just took like a wider view of things and let us kind of watch the racing, especially at a place like Pocono where the runs come so strong, but, uh. But like you, you'd be like following the one on one battle and all of a sudden somebody comes flying past them and I'm like, you know, it would have been cool to see that run had they had a wider angle. Um, but that's you know, that's just a personal preference and Fox Sports and NBC sports, they, they're smarter than me when it comes to that stuff. So
1: <laughs> I I do wish that they had seats at the on oh, intern too at Pocono. If they had seats yeah. at all the corners. I mean, you don't have to add seats, it just takes some from the front stretch. This is very easier said than done, probably, but <laughs> take some from the front stretch, put them in the turns and I'd buy a ticket again. I won't go back mm-hmm. there until there's seats in those corners because um, it is a cool track. I mean, it's very cool. Um, it's mm-hmm. one of the last independently owned tracks, I believe. Yep. Uh, so uh, they have that going for them and there is so much potential there. Yeah,
0: yeah, and there's a there's a cool relationship between Pocono and and NASCAR. Where at times where NASCAR was kind of struggling with um, getting getting having tracks agreeing to contracts and stuff like that, um, or times where there's financial troubles, Pocono Speedway and that family um, really stepped up a lot and kind of kept giving NASCAR chances in the earlier days. Um, and so there's kind of that a good relationship there. Um, that's that's kind of cool. And it, so it's one of those races that it generally produces not the most exciting races, but I still enjoy that they go there just because of the uniqueness of it. Um, and the, you know, just the, yeah, really the uniqueness of it, the type of racing you get is kind of, it's fun for what it is. Um, but I don't necessarily want to watch. I'm really glad there's no more 500 mile races there and, um, would be okay. Never seeing another 400 mile race.
1: It's hard to believe there was a 500 mile race. There, like looking back, I'm like, good grief, how do we survive this? But speaking <laughs> to the uniqueness that you, you kind of touched on it earlier, is how wide, how wide the like uh, the front stretch is, and the excitement of the restarts because with being how wide it is, those guys will go five, six wide before going into turn one, and you're just thinking, how are you going to get either single file or at least two wide going into turn one without just decimating the whole field? And they generally. <laughs> get by in just fine but i was watching the other day and i was like they're not gonna there's no way they're gonna make it through turn one and they do and that is mm-hmm. definitely exciting if if the cars could stay bunched together like that it would definitely produce some more racing but or better racing mm-hmm. throughout but i doubt we'll see that
0: yeah i look forward to seeing how it how it works when the new car comes around in 2022 um i don't think it's going to get too much more exciting next year having a similar package but yeah it just kind of is what it is right now um but this was the first true official doubleheader. i know we've had them with charlotte and uh darlington where we race sunday and then again on wednesday Um, but this was the first kind of originally scheduled to be the first and really the first true blue back-to-back days of racing
1: how'd you enjoy that i liked it i thought it was cool uh to see it was it was strange I, i was watching it on saturday I was like, man, like my, my brain wasn't in the right spot. Cause I was just kind of thinking, Hey, I just got off an airplane after waking up at three forty five in the morning to catch a flight. <laughs> but, um, but it was, it was just strange watching a cup race on a Saturday. It's like, it's more strange to watch it on a Saturday than it is on Monday, mainly because watching mm-hmm. it on a Monday has become the norm as of late, <laughs> but cause, but like Monday races can be expected and you, and you just kind of anticipate it, especially if there's rain. But seeing mm-hmm. on a Saturday was weird, but it was it was cool to know that when after the race on Saturday, it was cool to know there was another cup race the following day. So I would mm-hmm. I'm off for doing doing more doubleheaders. as a fan who goes to the races, I would I would pay a little bit more for a ticket uh, for a doubleheader and especially if there's, you know, other support series there, the trucks or the Xfinity guys or both and cuz that that's a that's a great weekend. That's a very full weekend for sure
0: oh absolutely this would have been definitely a weekend to be there between the arca race which arca right now um for those of you guys that don't follow arca arca would be i guess the equivalent of like triple a baseball uh, maybe like double a double a okay baseball so like where the I guess, hillcats <laughs> uh hillcats are single a so single a that would be like the arca west and the arca east okay fair and then this would be like the next step above them um I don't, I can't think of any double A teams, but <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, it's kind of like that. And so, but right now the talent in the Arca series is very high and they're very young. Um, and so eager. like, they're very eager that too. Yeah. So you got like Ty Gibbs and Sam Mayer and, um, some of these different guys, Haley Deegan, and yeah. they're all 17, 18, 17 years old and just extremely talented. Um, a guy I've been following for the last year. Um, named uh, Derek Griffith made his ARCA debut this past Saturday, um, and he's 23 years old and is one of the older guys in the field. So That's ARCA insane. is <laughs> it is. Um, so ARCA is kind of fun to follow right now if you're wanting to kind of get in on the uh, the ground level of following the the next age of NASCAR drivers coming through. Christian Eckes is another one. He uh, he just turned 18. Um, he's kind of the um, Christian Eckes is a guy that, um, Toyota is putting a lot of money into. Um, so he's kind of, they're expected to be the future, um, coming up. And there's a, there's another guy too. Um, a couple of guys that are just really young that are expected to be the next level of drivers kind of coming up, um, probably in about five or six years, you'll start seeing them in the cup level. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of talent there so that would be you know i'd love to go to a weekend like that where you get to see the young guys racing that and then each level of it um if it wasn't for covid that would have been a great weekend to camp out oh, to the oh totally and be a part of that
1: absolutely when uh when i went to new hampshire motor speedway 2017 it was super exciting because there were so many races uh there was the canaan series there was the open wheel modified the uh I always call it the Featherlight series. That's what it was called. Now it's the Wheeler. Mod- <laughs> right. Now it's called the Wheeler Modified Series. And there was Xfinity, and there was obviously Cup. I think that was it. I feel like there's one. Mm-hmm. There might have been one more. Um, but it was so exciting and just so worth your time to get there. On I think we got there on a Wednesday, and you know, so you're there Wednesday to Sunday, and it's just nonstop racing. So if, mm-hmm. to be to be able to do that again, I'm all for it. It's just it's you know, time is money and, and this is so much more worth your time to go to more than just, you know, a truck race and a cup race or whatever. So I hope, I hope they keep doing it. I hope it was a good experiment for them. Um, mm-hmm. it was an interesting track to pick to, to, to have the double header, but because Pocono, you know, there's, it's guaranteed rain out probably. I'm, I'm assuming that's why they picked it. I never followed up on why they chose Pocono. Do you know any more about that?
0: I think a large part of it is Pocono is a track that typically they like race at twice within a month. Like mm. it's usually like June 19th or so. And then again, like July 19th has been kind of the around about the dates I believe. Um, so it was kind of a, you know, rather than come back up here twice, um, that would be kind of the perfect track to test out this, you know, knocking out back-to-back races, especially since with the original schedule they were trying to build a lot around NBC having the Olympics um, and so they're planning to take two straight weeks off of NASCAR with the Olympics. And so they're kind of trying to find a place to make up one of those. And so this kind of worked out with that. Um, and as Jeff Gluck says, it's kind of nice to get Pocono out of the way, yeah, which I don't I think agree. is really, you know, it might not be the right best attitude to have, but there is a logic behind that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, just, uh, Chandler Smith was the driver I was trying to think of. That's like a young gun just turned. Just about to turn, or he just turned eighteen like five days ago, um, and he's already won several ARCA races, um, and is kind of the Toyota's next Christopher Bell that they're putting a lot of stock in. But he had um, a good
1: day. He had a good weekend. I feel. Didn't
0: he? Yeah, he had a good day Saturday, and then he wrecked on Sunday. Yeah, I think he finished last on Sunday. I
1: chose it like um, I picked him to finish best in my fantasy. And Michael mm-hmm. McDowell, and they both crashed in the same freaking wreck, I'm pretty sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you had picked them for Saturday, you would have been in great shape. I um, know. <laughs> but, because uh, they both got top 10s on Saturday, and then uh, both were, I think, bottom 10 on Sunday. Yeah. So, nice little... Uh, balance there yeah they were 39th and 40th Good. so <laughs> the last two cars
1: yeah i didn't do too well on that one but uh speaking <laughs> of double headers this weekend we have our first double header of two different racing leagues uh indycar series and nascar will be at the mm-hmm. same track same weekend um how you feel about that i
0: am so excited for this um i think this is going to be one of the coolest things um getting to see the multiple um, different styles of car, not just and racing, you know, so not just, you know, different cars with the Xfinity and cup, but two completely different styles going back to back on the same course. Um, that's just going to, well, pretty much the same course. I think IndyCar might be running a few more turns than Xfinity. Um, I am not sure. I haven't
1: followed up on that.
0: And then the cup race, obviously on the oval, but it's just going to be a fun weekend to see all of that's happening. It would be an amazing weekend again, if fans were in attendance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm very excited. I think this is well overdue, but I think it was a smart decision on NASCAR and Indy to just come come together and make this happen. I feel that a big big part of this was due to Penske purchasing IMS, mm-hmm. and he probably you know he I'm sure he, he and his team spearheaded spearheaded the two coming together since he owns a team in both series. Uh, I can't prove that that's true but I just feel that's got to be they had to play a huge hand in it and it's gonna be cool seeing the two different fan bases come together one racetrack uh it's I've I've been with indie fans and they are way different than NASCAR fans not quite as <laughs> not quite as rowdy if I had to mm-hmm. if I had to compare uh as I drink this glass of wine uh IndyCar fans are more wine drinkers and a little more proper if you will <laughs> <laughs> and then NASCAR are your Bud Light drinkers who are very rowdy. If I had to put an analogy with the two, so it would be really cool seeing these two come together. Um, mm-hmm. It's also financially a, a great call because you can just you're really killing two birds with one stone here. Mm-hmm. But uh, it'd, be yeah. cool, it'd be cool seeing the uh, the uh, Xfinity guys on this road course because I don't believe they've ever raced on it.
0: Yeah, it's the first time Xfinity cars will be on the road course. Unfortunately, <laughs> Tony Stewart will not be racing. Um, that was something I was looking forward to, but he isn't doing that anymore, but yeah, it'll be exciting to see his reasoning um, out there. I'm hopeful. Well, what was his reasoning? I missed that. Uh,
1: because, fan, that because fans, because fans won't be there. He was like, I want the fans to see this. Oh. And so I'm not going to yeah. race if there's no fans there. I was like, okay, I can respect that. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, he's not, it's not like he's
0: racing for anything, you know, other than he wants to, and I can see the relationship with the fans being a key part of that. So yeah. good for him. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Um, and it's, it is interesting because there's always kind of been this IndyCar versus NASCAR debate, um, kind of, which is, is silly, <laughs> you know, yeah. when you really think about it. I mean, just enjoy both for what they are. Exactly. But uh, IndyStar did a, uh, a Twitter poll um, asking which was better, IndyCar or NASCAR, or NASCAR um, and they said their headline for it was IndyStar asked whether IndyCar or NASCAR was better, and you ripped us for it. Um, and it's all like, they were like, all our replies were just like, are you just trying to divide people? Why is this post necessary? Can't we just be racing fans? Um, and they're like, the overwhelming consensus was just like, yeah, people just want to enjoy both. So let them enjoy both.
1: Yeah. Don't be a (laughs) troll indie star. Come on. Also, you're a freaking newspaper in the hometown of the, of IndyCar. You're, (laughs) You're trying to get a biased reaction. Come on now. Oh man. Yeah.
0: But yeah, and it's kickstarts um, a very exciting run for IndyCar. I think they got a lot of cars coming up, or a lot of races coming up over the next few months. So yeah, um, it'll be it'll be a good time for sure.
1: Yeah, and uh, here's the downside to that whole weekend: is the Brickyard 400 does not start until 4 p.m. Are folks, you
0: serious? And f-
1: yeah, folks, I've lived I lived in Indiana for. Uh, See. The last time I lived there I lived for four months and then and then the years prior I lived there for two months in the summer doing internships. Let me tell you, storms happen almost every day at that time. It's hot. It's the middle, kind of the middle of the country. Not really. But it storms happen. And they and they're fierce. And Mm -hmm. they happen at guess what time? Between three and four four (laughs) o'clock. Yeah. So I'm not sure where NASCAR is getting all of this intel, if you will. It's annoying. We've heard on other podcasts, Door Bumper Clear, Brad Griffin, Freddie Kraft, TJ Majors, the gang have all stated Mm -hmm. it is ridiculous that we are starting this late. Uh, I believe Steve O'Donnell's excuse was there is no professional sport that starts at noon or around noon, which I'm not sure where he's been the last 80 years. But football, <laughs> first kickoff for ten at least ten games, starts at one. <laughs> yeah,
0: and that's overwhelmingly the more popular time slot. Not as many people watch the four fifteen games as watch the one p.m. games.
1: Yeah, I mean, so <laughs> it's just... so I'm not sure w- w- the the thinking behind that. I know they're kind of at the, I don't know what the word is, just at the the grip of the the network. Telling them when to start the race, but that just, I don't know. It just seems a little far fetched for me. If it, if it was during, if like another sport was happening right now, at, you know, and they're competing for a time slot, I could see why NASCAR would be later, but. But at least we will have, uh, get to
0: enjoy our first NBC race of the year. Yes! Um,
1: Rick Allen, doing her Jr., Jeff Burton, and the game. Mm-hmm.
0: Mike Tarico is going to be pretty involved with it too, which is Is he really? Fun. Yeah, he's going to be involved with both. Um, um, he's going to kind of do the anchoring, the kind of the, uh, what do you call that? I, I still want to call it like the Hollywood hotel, which oh, it hasn't okay. been called. So he's like going to be down years. there with Krista, Yeah. Kind of handling that, like almost like a host who plays stuff off to the, um, to the, the broadcasting crew and things like that. Um, gotcha. So it'll be, a it'll be really good. NBC's hosting or doing the whole weekend. Um, and then it goes back to Fox, I believe for a couple more cup races. Um, okay. Cause of, uh, um, cause Contract. Fox gets its, yeah. Fox gets its however many races, yeah. but they split up the big races. And so since it's indie NBC's coming back for
1: that makes um, sense. To this one, I think uh, I'm looking right now. Um, no if that's not what I want. Cole Pern still making it onto the news. I'm on NASCAR's website and he is on the, he's a headline. <laughs> I love, I love him so course. he's so funny <laughs> he let's is. see here um da, 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 da. okay yeah so we're on nbc for the brickyard and then we go to fs1 for kentucky fs and then fs1 again for um the all-star race and then i think that might be it i think right? that is it yeah then we're back to yeah. nbc for uh texas and so on awesome so it'll be interesting
0: i mean we're at a point right now where I think I prefer NBC hosting the broadcast, but I don't mind Fox at all. Um, I find I find Jeff Gordon and um, Mike Joy to be good, but slightly boring at times. I feel like they need a third person up there. Um, yeah, but that's kinda... just a personal preference. Oh, for yeah, sure. Yeah, there's there's times where like Jeff Gordon says something super insightful, and people on Twitter are like talking about how insightful that thing Jeff Gordon said. I'm like, you know, I do remember him talking about that, but I just kind of like zoned out from listening to them talk um, because I feel like they just need one more engaging personality up there um, where NBC's personalities are all just excellent. Yeah. So if anyone but, catches
1: my eye, if you will, or catches my ear, it's Larry Mack. Cause he always has something very logical to say <laughs> mm-hmm. and something yep. that very, something very thought provoking. But yeah. Um, I mean, Mike, <laughs> yeah. Mike Joy is great and he's really, he's intelligent as well. And Jeff's good too. He's but like, little... but like you said, right. NBC is just, you know, you've got, Jr. who's Dale Hart Jr. then you've got Steve Latar you Steve Lattart, You know ex crew chief Jeff Burton and uh, Rick Allen and Rick Allen's just got that voice for freaking tv man right he's just so <laughs> right. stupid good um he's like one of the I feel like he's one of the guys that you and I have got to see kind of as we've grown up with NASCAR he's we've watched him progress from doing lower level series stuff yeah all the way up to cup and it's it's just really exciting to see and watch and yeah, I'm looking forward to NBC. They just do such a good job.
0: They do, they do. So, um, so yeah, it'll be an exciting weekend of racing, um, and uh, much more exciting coming up as NASCAR is moving towards, um, getting towards closer to the playoffs and all of that ramps up. Where um, soccer, English Premier League, uh, would have already been a pretty. Um, Dole Championship race um, officially reached its end over the weekend as Liverpool are now the champions of the Premier League. Finally, um, their 30 year wait is over.
1: That is the last time I want to hear that.
0: Yeah. was <laughs> like, and after
1: 30 years, okay, great. I get it. I get it. Right. Good for them, I guess. I mean, from a sportsmanship perspective, good for them, I guess. But I even mean, better for Jurgen Klopp
0: right right i mean it was just a pure dominant year oh like, yeah they have one loss and two draws i believe is where they're at right now
1: and they play city this weekend <laughs> or thursday
0: yeah yeah so, so good got, for them i i picked city to win that one um i can see liverpool kind of resting on their laurels a little bit but i don't blame yeah. them. yeah liverpool got to go out and burn their city down so it was fine
1: did they did they did they go crazy i think i saw a headline about liverpool fans going nuts is that right
0: yeah oh yeah they were they were out and they partied for a couple days which you know they're not the club's not having an official parade but they kind of went out and there's all these fireworks and stuff like that and i believe a firework got into the the royal um one of the royal buildings around there and burned a good chunk of it accidentally what (laughs) yeah they they arrested the kid for um arson um he's got like a court date coming up but anyway you know which is just natural you know celebration you burn down a historic building it happens Appar- apparently
1: <laughs> apparently that is what happens and it, you know it would be the year they win because they, they've had such bad luck i guess the year they win they can't have a parade like <laughs> right. they can't go through with like the complete celebration mm-hmm. so i Hopefully they don't win. Well, no, they're out of the Champions League, so they can't win that.
0: So, a, a very good, well-deserved um, title for them. Um, yep. Thrilled that <coughs> Everton at least got one of the draws against them. So that's a yeah, they helped That's they, a positive.
1: Yeah, they uh, they kept them from getting the, the trophy by one week. So that was that was encouraging. <laughs> but right. now, but now all eyes are uh, are going to be on getting who's going to be in that top four. Mm -hmm. uh united got edged closer to chelsea today i believe within a point i believe
0: two points behind right now yep
1: so that we'll we'll see what happens there i'm gonna i'm just gonna go for chelsea on two two reasons one why would i ever choose united being a city fan Two, uh christian pulisic being on chelsea i have to cheer for them just a little bit Uh, Mm -hmm. or him i guess i'll say and Chelsea just kind of follows suit with that, so I hope they get the top four just for for his sake. I love seeing him do well because he just brings a little bit of hope to us U.S. national team yep. soccer team. So,
0: yeah, I'm really hoping that uh, the big thing is. Well, actually, honestly, I wouldn't mind if if the Wolves jumped either Leicester or Chelsea yes to please. get into that top four fine with me um, but most importantly if they can at least get Man United back to six and can hold the five seed just in case City um is you know kicked out of uh yeah. Champions League play for for the year um so that way just to ensure that Man United does not um although I yeah I guess it also depends on who wins the title. Well, there isn't a title this year in the Champions League. So I don't know how that affects Liverpool as the defending champs um, because they Uh, automatically get a bid to the Champions League. Oh, very true. Usually. So I don't know. There may be there will be between you could be in sixth place and still make the Champions League potentially. So we'll see how it unfolds. Um, But it'll be it'll be fun to follow. And the battle um, to avoid relegation is still fantastic with um, Bournemouth and West Ham tied for that spot West Ham has the edge of avoiding it because the goal differential. Um, but Watford is only one point ahead um, and both West Ham and Bournemouth have a game in hand over them. So that's going to be a fun battle to continue to follow um, throughout.
1: Yeah. I feel like that's, that's what always gets exciting towards the end of the year. Cause you kind of know who's going to win the, mm-hmm. uh, the league at some point, but yeah um, so long Norwich they <laughs> got five uh, five wins to their name. Six draws, uh, twenty losses. One of those we'll wins was against City. Yeah. <laughs> right. So annoying. So <laughs> I hope Brighton sticks around. I like seeing them. Uh they're just a, they have a really cool story. I really hope Bournemouth stays alive. Um mm-hmm. just because Gordy Howe is it Gordy Howe? Not Gordy Howe. Gordy Howe. He played for the Red Wings. <laughs> <laughs> One of the most legendary hockey players of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Way off. Oh, what's what's Bournemouth's uh manager's name uh it's uh, it's it's escaping he's a younger guy and he's just been there so long mm-hmm. i can't remember his name wow Everton's sitting 12. it is how it is how that's why i say Gordy. yeah Howell. but it's not uh, it's eddie Howe. eddie Howe. see very <laughs> similar names so right that's where i got messed right. up there <laughs> wow yeah Gordie well Howell. if
0: eddie Howe <laughs> has as legendary a man- managerial career as gordy how had a uh <laughs> a hockey career that would be something
1: oh man that <laughs> is funny that is fun. I want to touch base a little bit on uh, the FA Cup. Very, I guess, exciting. It kind of comes down. It's coming down to Manchester City, Chelsea, Arsenal, and Man United going to the semifinals. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of one of those cups where I feel like it's forgotten about. Is the FA Cup the one that where every team in England plays in?
0: Yeah. Okay. It's, uh, all, you know, 735 teams <laughs> are involved in it. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, funny. <laughs> it's it's uh it's 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 always a fun thing to, to keep track of. I mean, we have our own version of it here in America, the Lamar Hunt Cup, um, where every professional club here was involved in it. Um, I don't know if it's called that still, but um so those are, I just think that's the coolest idea for a tournament. Um, in fact, it popped up the other day on my Instagram from a couple years ago when I got to see the, at the time, Carolina Railhawks play um, the LA Galaxy in the Lamar Hunt Cup, and they beat them for like the third straight time in seven years. Um, and You saw Landon great. Donovan, didn't you? Yeah, Landon Donovan. It was great because coming into the game, Donovan was coming off an injury, um, so he he only played the last like 20 minutes or so. But coming into it, Donovan was like, we're tired of losing to the Carolina Railhawks. We're not doing that again. And then they lost, and it was just (laughs) delightful.
1: (laughs) Hooray! (laughs) Man, (laughs) Um, that was a long time ago.
0: Yes, yeah. Um, But, yeah, so the FA Cup is – I mean, that's just such a cool tournament. Um, And usually – you know it still comes down to a couple of premier league teams because you know they're just they're, they're the best for a reason
1: right for sure so we'll see how that goes it might who knows i wouldn't mind seeing a a city versus united uh <laughs> derby for to close it out why not either that yeah. or either that or a london derby so yeah
0: the highlight of the year for me though as an everton fan and by i mean this i highlight ironically Um, So Everton was removed or eliminated from the FA Cup by Liverpool. Um, And Liverpool went into that with the intention of being eliminated from the Cup um, because they were playing in so many other leagues that they didn't want to keep going. So Liverpool played all of their young players and Everton went in with their starting lineup and lost to Liverpool.
1: Oh, Um, no. (laughs) Wow.
0: Yeah. So uh, that's the way it goes sometimes.
1: I did not realize that. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's everything on the soccer front. Let's move to baseball real quick. That uh, we officially, officially, officially have the rules and the start times and whatnot. Uh, Teams are reporting back tomorrow to their respective training camps, which is very exciting. And opening day is July 23rd and 24th. I want to make an honorable mention here real quick. Uh, I found... Our good friend Emily Bell posted something on Facebook that gives you the stats you need to know, and I am reading from those stats right now. So, Emily, thank you for posting this. I found this today. So, opening day, July 23rd, 24th, 60 games, 40 divisional, 20 interleague, universal designated hitter, which is very overdue in my opinion, and trade deadlines, August 31st. Automatic runner on second base in the regular season extra inning games. Like have take me back to T ball, man. That's some good <laughs> that's some good stuff right there. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. So um, that's kind of the the headlines of baseball returning. Are you excited?
0: Uh I mean, I guess so. Um baseball's not towards the top of my list of sports. But, um, at this point I will take all the sports I can get. Um, you know, and, and, uh, it'll be, it'll definitely be fun to follow, especially with the short sprint to the, to the playoffs. I mean, every game's going to have so much weight to it. Um, so it'll be fun to follow the first two weeks, especially to kind of see what team, what surprise teams kind of get a good jump and what good teams kind of fall away. Um, Certainly looking forward to seeing the, the experiment with the runner in scoring position if it goes to extras. Um, but, yeah, so I'll, I'll definitely – I'll watch more baseball this year, I think, than I normally would. Yeah, um, maybe this will have a reverse
1: s- effect on, on, on people because I know that the viewership of baseball has kind of gone down through the years, so maybe having this mm-hmm. sprint of a season will intrigue people to watch it more. I mean, I'll definitely be watching more. I do want to yeah. read a little something from – Sorry, go ahead. I'll, then I'll read uh, something.
0: i am say I will say that I was at Buffalo Wild Wings last Friday night with some friends, um, and Fox popped up with the ad that you know we'll have a game. On, Fox first Fox broadcast is I think it's Friday night or Saturday afternoon um, when the game season opens. I was like, ooh, <laughs> so, yeah. so I think once it starts, I'll be like, yeah, I'll, and I'll probably definitely be watching um, as it kicks off.
1: Yeah, and then that'll just go to the west side as soon as hockey comes back, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to read a little a quick little snippet from Forbes magazine, which is a little interesting. It's mm-hmm. a clip they had. They had just on. They just have details about the uh, about the schedule. Uh, it says the shortened schedule is an intriguing one, created with a goal of cutting down on travel as much as possible. It starts with each team hosting training camps at their own ballparks, and once the regular season starts, it will see each organization participate in 10 games apiece against each other of the four other teams in their respective division, as well as a total of 20 interleague games against foes in the same geographical region. For example... AOL West squads will only play outside the division against NL West counterparts, and teams from the AL and the AL East will do the same thing. And then they'll play interleague games with the AL East and uh, uh, excuse me, AL East, NL East, AL West, NL West. And so they're really not going to be you're not going to have the Dodgers playing, or excuse me, you're not going to be having like the Oakland A's playing the Braves, unless Mm -hmm. you know, unless until like the playoffs. If that were even to happen, <laughs> um, <laughs> right. so but who knows what the shortened season? Who like knows, man. So in short, West Coast teams are not playing East Coast teams, is what I'm gathering from this uh, article. So that makes we'll sense we'll see this. This this is going to shape up to to really kind of maybe like a NASCAR approach, where they're really going to be able to some degree experiment with some things and and really see, hey, do we need to have a 162 game schedule? Maybe not. They probably will, but this is just a really cool chance to to experiment with some cool stuff, especially the designated hitter, and not having you know a pitcher in the National League, not having a pitcher come up and either strike out or bunt, so it might change a little bit of gameplay. So who knows?
0: Yeah, because I mean, typically, like with baseball, I'll care about opening week. I'll watch like a game or so, and then I pretty much check out until the All Star break. Um, Yeah, and I usually check around then. I'm like, oh. Oh, and then if I see – last year was a bit different because the Twins were doing so well, and I was getting daily updates. It's like the Twins won again. They had like a a stretch where they won like 20 out of 25 days or something like that. It was just like, oh, this is cool to see the final scores. Um, And then typically around August I start paying more attention and then into the the playoffs, obviously, um, start watching games. So I think having the shorter season where it's just like as soon as you hit go, you're like, you know – playoff implications that will definitely I think hold my interest a bit more and at least keeping track of what's going on um keeping track of how the twins are doing so that they can make the playoffs and lose to the Yankees in three (laughs) straight games um (laughs) for the 15th year in a row
1: (laughs) I think one of the things I'm looking forward to is uh I follow his account on Twitter it's called did the Braves win and literally all he tweets is yes or no And then it might awesome. it might put like one small stat in there, but other than that, nothing mm-hmm. nothing crazy. So yeah, so baseball's coming back, and the one quick thing we want to talk about with you've heard it here, the Football League, the National Football League. Uh Cam Newton signs a one year deal with the Patriots. How do we feel about this? Do you think this will be good for him, or do you think not so much? Because he's thirty one years old. Not sure what is you know what's going to happen here
0: it's right now it is the it is just a huge unknown because um, having watched him here in carolina for the last two years it's just he just hasn't physically been right um and because of that you could just tell that like mentally in the games he hasn't been right um and so last year really taking the year off to like physically get healthy supposedly i mean you never really know um until you see him play um there's it's one of those things where, going into this season, I was pretty confident that the Bills were the front runners in the AFC East. As soon as I saw this signing, I was like, ah, there goes that confidence. It's not. Comp- I don't. You know, necessarily think that the Patriots are going to be rolling now, but I think there's potential, um, and that's just kind of where it's like a wait and see. But there's potential. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. He's a he's um, a
1: completely different player than uh, than Brady was right so yeah should be should be exciting i think uh, i think the pats are due some good news and i think i mean he might he might be good for them i don't know i could be I mean, totally it's, wrong here
0: it's bill belichick and he knows how to get the best he knows how to use what he has yeah um and so and I, there's not a guarantee that newton will be the starter um he'll probably be the starter and you know i'd love to see him have success um i'd love to see him have a great year he's been a great He was a great player here in the Carolinas. Did a lot of great stuff for the community. Um, He's been a he. You know, he made football a ton of fun to watch for a few years when the Panthers were rolling. So, yeah, I would love to see him get another run of things, um, another few successful years. I just wish it wasn't with the Patriots. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I was secretly
1: hoping the Redskins would sign him.
0: That would have made sense, I think. Um, Yeah,
1: you know, it's they got rid of. Gosh, I couldn't stand him so much. I forgot his name.
0: Uh, Is Alex Smith still there? Is the quarterback? Yeah, yeah. I know it he's,
1: was. Uh, he's still hanging around.
0: Kirk Cousins was the the guy that you.
1: He went to Minnesota.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I like I like Kurt.
1: but I think I'm he's con- doing better in Minnesota. I'm con-
0: yeah I'm convinced that you Redskins fans um, would never be happy with any quarterback you had.
1: Hey, I was happy with RG three. People <laughs> gave him so much crap. I'm like, what's wrong with him? There's he's great, and then he got injured, and there that went. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. That's just a, a you know. It is up. true though. It is true though. I would, I would. well, it brings up, um, it brings up one of the, the play on yellow card red card, um, statements I'm gonna bring up. So we'll we'll get to that. Oh, mm, just hear a you're moment. Say.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think that's all I wanted to touch on. Yeah, I do have a, have a, yeah. Why don't we go ahead and uh, let's go into the play on yellow card and red card. Awesome sauce. All right. So
0: we are going to go, um, so play on yellow card, red card. I'm going to give a statement, um, to Nick and he will either, if he agrees, he'll say play on. Yeah, let's, I, I agree. Yellow card is uh, i I'm not sure about that, but I could see it. Um, or maybe, and then red card is uh, straight up. No. Um, So we'll start kind of going off of that vein. Um, There's a statement made today um, in an article I was reading that sports fans, and so I'll just say the statement, um, and you tell me whether or not you agree with this. Sports fans enjoy complaining about their team more than celebrating their team.
1: Play on. People love complaining about their team. I'll give you an example. Uh, My dad told me this, oh, shoot, probably two or three years ago, maybe more. He's like, you ever notice that... When you're really mad at your team, you always say, They're stupid, they, they, why did they do this? And then when they're doing well, it's like, Yeah, we won. We're doing great. It's never the other way around. It's like when they're doing bad, it's not like, Oh, we suck. It's they suck, blah 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 blah. <laughs> yes, I would and we and we tend to do the the they part more than we do the we. So yes, play mm-hmm. on play on. We definitely we almost love to hate our team.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, that's a, that was a Scott Wheeler, who's an NHL writer for the Athletic, um, that made that statement, and I just I, he said that, and I was like, "That's that's funny." And then um, I'd never thought of it the way your dad puts it, but that's incredibly accurate, I think. Um, so next question, um, I'm going to go. I'm trying to think of the order to go. All right, so this past week, the NHL um, did their draft lottery in a way that you know, really was but was confusing to people and kind of dumb where they held their normal draft lottery, um, but because they had not yet decided on teams 8 through 15, they were all to be announced. And then after the playoffs are, or the f- play-in round is complete, they will hold a second draft that will then determine who actually gets the number one overall pick in the draft. It's, you know, the amount of, you know, explanation I had to go into it is ridiculous in and of itself um but (laughs) (laughs) but in this instance is uh the NHL seems to be going for the policy of any publicity is good publicity um so do you agree that the NHL coming up with a really confusing dumb draft lottery process where at the end you go we don't know yet who has the number one ball pick is good publicity or any publicity good publicity
1: any publicity is good publicity um I believe Daryl Waltrip a little nascar bit here i believe he said that whether they're booing you or cheering for you they at least they know who you are so if they're Mm. booing for you you know cool they know who you are so i guess with this nhl stuff it seems very weird because i kept getting nhl lottery things uh push notifications on my phone i'm like what are we talking about i'm so confused i've read 20 different things none of which makes sense uh so yeah sure play on (laughs) play on so yeah it's i mean just the amount of times
0: i've heard people on espn radio this week talking about it they're usually talking about how dumb and confusing it was but at least they were talking about hockey so you know i guess yeah i agree um as long as we're still
1: as long as it's still relevant in some way shape or form
0: exactly yeah um and so next two or final two um nascar related um so at the all-star race which yours truly and truly will be attending (laughs) so nascar will be having the choose cone at bristol motor speedway and so it will be the the first time they're testing that out and so the statement is about uh i guess it was 15 years ago or so nascar went to double file restarts um where all the lead lap cars started at the lap at the front and they had lucky dog um that long ago he was something like that. It was like 10, 15 years ago. Oh gosh, um, I feel old. And Yeah. And like every now and then you watch a replay from back then and it's like, I forgot they did that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the statement is this 10 years from now, when we watch replays of races that don't have a choose con, we'll go, I forgot they did that.
1: Ooh. Hmm. Yeah. I say play on, I'm off for change and I'm all for progressing. So Yeah. That's it play, on. yeah, yeah because I because yeah. I was watching a classic race. I think it was, oh, it was um, the '94 Coke 600 when Jeff Gordon won, mm-hmm. and they showed a restart, and it was single file. I was like, whoa, <laughs> I forgot they did that. So yeah, yeah, that's it. Play on.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think this is going to be wildly successful at Bristol, um, and NASCAR is going to be like, oh yeah, we can keep doing this. Here, here's the real question. A thing.
1: Here's the question though, and I'll let you get to your last question. Your last thing here in a second is it gonna be just a dot in the middle of the track for this quote-unquote choose cone i really can't see you know an official running out there putting a choose cone out there and then getting it back like you see at your local racetrack i don't don't see that happening what i what i'm picturing they'll end up
0: doing is obviously they'll find somebody to sponsor it um and (laughs)
1: And there the cr- will be the credit one choose cone. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: And there will be something kind of akin to like a starting grid on, um, you'd see on like an F1 course. There will be like two, like a line and two kind of dividing. Kind of lanes that you can go in, and drivers will pick a lane, um, and it will look really nice on the pavement. That's kind of what I'm picturing. Okay, yeah. Ultimately, will be kind of akin to the Geico restart lines that are now on the inside. Um, you'll probably have something painted on the track, and it'll look pretty, I'm sure. And like you said, it'll, it'll probably be sponsored by Credit One. Yeah,
1: because every <laughs> Credit One, This is the f- white flag sponsored by Credit One Bank. Like, who would sponsor <laughs> the white flag, <laughs> <Right>. man? <laughs> Oh, it's funny.
0: All right. Next question. All right. Next one. Um, so next year is a big year for um, free agency in the world of NASCAR. Um, and so here's a statement. Eric Jones should be the number one free agent target.
1: Mm. Eric Jones. Yes. Uh, yellow card. Now, yeah. I think Brack will be, he's a free agent. Isn't he?
0: Yes, he is. And he, I think he is the number one target. But I'm. I think Eric Jones should be, and we'll talk about that in a second. But go ahead. Why do you um, elaborate a little bit more?
1: On- I just feel. I, I don't. I mean, I feel like uh, Brad kay has got at least ten more years. Yeah, like seven to ten more years, and I think he's going to end up at Hendrick, possibly in the mm-hmm. 48, if Jimmy Johnson decides not to retire, which he will, and then he's going to go to IndyCar next year. Let's be honest. We all <laughs> want that. Oh, Yes, <laughs> I want absolutely. It. I definitely want that. Um, so I would put Eric Jones, I put him number two because he is a great driver. I'm not sure why we haven't been able to see like we've seen him win what three times since he's mm-hmm. been in the 20 car.
0: I think so. Yeah,
1: so I he has a ton of potential <coughs> still to do really well. I mean, it'd be really cool. I think it'd be really great to see. Brad K go to the 48 and then put um, Eric in the two. I think he'd do really well at Penske. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure why. I have that inkling. Maybe because Ryan Blaney's done really well and he's young and so is Eric Jones. So I think. And then you'd have a whole you'd have a camp at Penske, average age 26, 27. So that'd be Something really like cool. That, so you yeah. have a, you'd have a young a young camp over there. So that would be that's why I would put Brad K. Still be a number one' because he'd be going to Hendrick, which I still think is better mm-hmm. so yeah what yeah. about you? what about you
0: I think so I think Eric Jones should be um I think Joe Gibbs racing should do everything they can to make sure they lock him up. um Here's the thing that there's this- cr- push from Christopher Bell um Toyota's put so much money into him over the years. Um, and he's a extremely talented driver as well. Um, and so I think next year that Gibbs is ultimately because of sponsorship and everything like that, going to make the move where Christopher Bell gets put in the 20 car and Eric Jones gets released is just kind of the, that's just the feeling I get. I don't think that should be the case though, for a couple of reasons. Um, first off, Eric Jones is almost two years younger than Christopher Bell. Um, so that's something that needs to be taken into consideration. Um, I mean, if I was, Hendrick or Gibbs, I'd, you know, I'd figure out a way to keep both of them for sure. Um, But one of the things that's interesting is seeing the step that drivers take, um, especially around the age of 24 and 25 around their fifth, fourth or fifth year in cup. Um, And it's interesting. So kind of the, some more context with that, David Smith talked about the greatest driver replacements that ever occurred um where you take a driver put a new car new driver in that car and how much better the driver performs um and what was interesting about it was i believe it was the fourth greatest replacement of all time was matt kenseth replacing joey logano wow in the, yes but what makes it even more interesting is the greatest replacement of all time happened that i know what same you're about year. to say i know what you're about to say and it was joey logano replacing <laughs> kurt bush um, at the 22. Uh, it wasn't Kurt Busch, it was uh, Almondinger. Almondinger, thank 22. you. Thank you. Wow, that um, was a long ago. Yeah, and so what you had was that just um, Lugano hit that combination of he reached a, a level of. Understanding around the age of 24, 25, where he just knew the car a bit more, um, but also he'd had six years then, five or six years of cup experience, and it finally all clicked. Um, and there's, I don't think there's enough patience given. And another kind of real life example of it is um, the difference you see between William Byron and uh, Cole Custer right now, where Cole Custer has struggled this year. Oh, that's um, sad, he's been man. running in the 20s or so. But the thing you got to remember is Cole Custer's 22 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, He's only two months younger than William Byron, but because Byron has two more years of cup experience, he's driving like he's two years older than Cole Custer in their performance level. Um, And so because of that, you've got the years of experience meshed with a maturity and a growth of knowledge that happens as you reach that 24, 25 years of age. Um, And I think Eric Jones is about to take that step. Um, He may take it as you see this year go on. I mean, he finished third on Sunday, Um, And I think that any team, you know, obviously you're right. Kozlowski's got another seven years of success, but I think if you can lock up Jones, you could be looking at another 15 years of success, 15 to 20 years. Um, So I think I would target Jones if I was a Penske or Hendrick. Um, But yeah, I mean, Kozlowski's a big fish and I can get why teams would go after him as well.
1: Yeah, it is interesting how... Teams are in a way impatient. I want to say impatient. uh, Yeah, I guess it is impatient. How when a new driver comes onto the scene and they did so well in the lower, lower levels, you expect them to almost replicate that in the top, top tier, and then they don't Mm -hmm. in those first few years, and then they almost are like, okay, well that was your chance. Goodbye. We'll see you later. It, It is a bummer that you don't get to see them mature and really grow. And there's always, like you said, there's that one year where either they do really well or they switch to a completely different team and manufacturer and they thrive like we've seen in Joey Logano. And like we've seen, like we saw with Matt, go from the 17 Ford to the number 20 Toyota. Um, So it is interesting that that there isn't that patience to let a driver develop. And it could be a variety of reasons why. They don't, like I said, like you know, could be team chemistry, could be manufacturer, like whatever, whatever the case may be.
0: Um, yeah, and I think there's some definitely a validity to that that chemistry is important. That, um, Lugano and Penske seem to click, um, in a way that you know he never seemed to with Gibbs. Similarly, um, Kyle Busch and Gibbs seem to click in a way that just never seemed to with Hendrick, right? Um, and so it that does that, should that certainly. Um, does make an impact could you say Um, the same
1: for kevin harvick with uh with childress and then going to stewart haas uh maybe i think harvick was just bored successful (laughs) everywhere though oh
0: yeah um yeah and i think that it was largely um there was a drop in the quality of childress at the time and i mean him and Stuart have a good relationship, although even, I guess you could say that over the last several years, Stuart Haas hasn't necessarily been impressive. The only reason you don't realize that is because of how successful Harvick has been. Um, But beyond Harvick, I mean, there's not really anything over the last few years that you can say that Stuart Haas is all that great, you know?
1: Yeah, very true. So, so I
0: don't know. I think Harvick's just... A phenomenal driver and can make it work in anything but
1: <laughs> well that's our uh play on yellow card red card segment sponsored by credit one bank uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man i'm definitely tagging them in this episode I mean, let's see if we'll get an uh a response back at least a shout
0: out <laughs> uh, absolutely i got a shout
1: out from go radio today i was very excited about that oh yeah i reposted that i want one of their new shirts and they reposted me so nice we're basically best friends so that's cool. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Anything you want to rant and ramble about? Because I've got three things. Three <laughs> things. Well, you go ahead, and uh, maybe I'll I'll add something right. on. I'll I'll start with the positive rant. Uh, Formula One is coming back this weekend, so finally, the subscription I bought to get complete access to F1 will pay off. So I'm very <laughs> thankful that I get to watch F2 or F1, F2, F3, and the Super Cup all from my favorite track the Red Bull ring. I'm very excited about that. Um, so that's the positive thing. <laughs> Kyle Busch has repeatedly complained about not being able to practice and that they are a force to be reckoned with once they are able to practice. Whoa, dude, come on. You're the best. And if you're the best, you can figure out your cars throughout the race because clearly a lot of teams have done so. And my father... Has just texted me. He said, "Reagan Smith said they should never have practice again. These are the best drivers <laughs> in," the, he said, "These are the best drivers in the world." And then he finished off saying, "He must have heard that from you guys, I guess, from us mentioning it in the past." So, I, I don't see NASCAR going to do no practice at all when uh, we're back to normal. But I think that a fifteen to thirty minute practice. Is all these guys deserve? Cause they are the best. So figure out your car and work with what you got.
0: Yeah, I mean, thirty-minute shakedown to just yeah. make sure everything's all right.
1: I mean, World of Outlaws Go. get get ten minutes, I think, before before the race. So mm-hmm. I mean, grant that's a completely different style of racing. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's all I got on that. So my last big thing. For those who do not know, my wife her her maiden name is Garside and they have a plaque in their in their uh, dining room that has the origin of Garside and where it came from and it's it's pretty cool how it started but where did the, where does Garside come from Liverpool <laughs> Oh wow I saw that <laughs> and I screamed she's like whoa whoa what I was like your last name comes from Liverpool and she goes oh and so I. She could be an Evertonian. Yeah, she could. She could. Uh, which it's funny. She actually. She was. She was for a little bit. She liked Everton because they used to be sponsored by Chang Beer, which had elephants as their logo. Therefore, she liked Everton. Uh, yeah. There yeah. You go. Yeah. So maybe I'll, I'll 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 tell that to her. But that's my little quick yeah. rant. Nothing crazy. Just wanted to share those little tidbits, and whatnot. Also, congrats to my tour manager for being. A Liverpool fan, and that he gets to celebrate a championship. So. Anyway.
0: Yeah, I meant to uh, one of one of the um, our the women that work in our preschool. Um, they're doing a bunch of painting and things like that. Yeah. Um, and I kept meaning to ask her because uh, her husband's a big Liverpool fan. So I kept meaning to ask her how how he's how he's been um, with it, how excited he's been. Um, but I kept forgetting. So maybe I'll ask her tomorrow. Um, hey, don't worry so, about it. <laughs> We've moved yeah, on. We've moved two, on. Yeah, the uh, the two things are just kind of. Um, it's not really ranting or anything. It's just kind of interesting. So yesterday, um, while working on a bunch of editing and stuff like that at home, um, I started to watch. I just had the Cars movies on in the background. Yeah. Because um, I've seen I've seen the first one a bunch of times, and I'd never seen the second or third one. And everyone was like, "The second and third one aren't any good." I was like, okay, "Oh, they're whatever, good. They're good." Yeah. And so I didn't finish the third one. I got about halfway through it before I fell asleep last night. But I was watching it. I was like, this is just like, this is such a great movie because it's all about like short tracks and old dirt tracks and all this stuff. And I'm like, it's kind of like about, at least the first half of it, it's kind of like a love letter to just true blue racing, like old school racing. Yeah, there's like a figure eight race
1: in it with a school bus. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And there's like, you know, they're going to all these old dirt tracks and stuff like that. And and I was like, this is. This is kind of awesome. So that's one thing that I'm looking forward to finishing. Also, um, MRN has done a 10-episode uh, a podcast of the 1993 Cup season um, that they just from their little tidbit ad they were playing while I was listening to the race the other day um, is something that I want to go back and listen to because they are talking about some drama that happened between Mark Martin and Dale Earnhardt. Um, oh. And basically, Mark Martin felt like, He got the short end of the stick from Earnhardt um, on something. And so he was like, I gave him a taste of his own medicine, and then he wrecked us. Um, And Andy Petrie comes on, and like he said, he talked to Dale Earnhardt. And Dale said, You know, did you, or he asked Dale if he talked to Mark, and he said, He won't talk to me. And Andy Petrie, who was Mark's, I believe he was Mark's crew chief or car chief at the time or something like that. Um, or maybe Dale's, I think he worked for both of them at one point in time. Um, but anyway, he said, so Mark Martin was so mad that he went out and he won four straight races. (laughs) I was like, Oh snap. (laughs) So apparently that was the fuel that led to Mark winning four straight races was intense anger at Dale Earnhardt. And so now I really need to go back and listen through this 10 episode podcast so I can get the whole story. Um, so those are just some racing media um, types of things that I'd, I'd recommend checking out and that I will be checking out over the, the next few days.
1: Absolutely. That sounds great. Cool. Well, uh, next week we'll be talking about the exciting double header, the hopeful, exciting double header from Indy mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, everything else that's yeah. going on in the sports world. Right. So, F one soccer, yeah. tons
0: and tons of stuff coming back. Um, so it is a, it's an exciting
1: time to be a sports fan. Yeah. And, uh, So with that, I'm Nick, and I'm Josh, and we will see you guys next week. Have a good week. Later!